listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. I want to turn it into a theme song. I keep, I just can't say it right. I, I feel know. like you were just leaning towards Jacqueline, though. I feel, I feel like you're trying to do what I do with your name. <laughs> feel good about yes. that. Um, <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. We are very excited. We have a, a guest today that I'm excited to talk about because it's a very relevant topic right now, folks. And and Jackie's going to tell you why, and then we're going to dig in on it. But... <laughs> Relevant as in as of this morning today. Um, so first, though, would love to introduce Michelle and Gomez. And Michelle, thank you for joining us. Would love for you to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Yes, thanks for having me. I always enjoy stuff like this. Um, Michelle Gomez. I am based in Houston, Texas. I am a black woman. <laughs> <laughs> who happens to be queer. Um, my parents are from Cameroon, West Africa. Uh, so we can probably dig into my upbringing a little bit later. And um, I work as a mar marketer, you know, specifically inclusive marketing, helping organizations when it comes to all of their diversity strategies, our audit websites, um, social media, trainings, um, got other things in my back pocket that I'm working on. And in 2019, I started the African American Marketing Association. It's a nonprofit created to galvanize black marketers in order for them to have the resources and opportunities they need to grow their career or business. So that's it in a nutshell, but we can, you know, go through the layers and talk. that's a big nut. That's, <laughs> that's, that's no small feat. And and all of those things, each one individually. Um, awesome. So we are so excited that you're here. And Jackie, I would love for you to start us off and just share your seat at the table email. I'm just pissed. There was a company. Listen. So every morning I get my coffee. Michelle, as I mentioned, it's just a casual conversation here. I'm on the LinkedIn. Just hanging out. Yeah, just us sitting at the table. I was like sitting at my own table and it said, get your seat at the table. DEI is important to us. I thought that's cute because, you know, we're always looking at, you know, marketing. And I had used you belong here. And I was like, no, I don't want to tell people they belong. They might not feel that way. I think I'm moving to we do the work because we are actually doing the work. It's a better expression of, of work here. But so I wanted to look at, oh, get your chair. So I thought that was cute. So then I looked on the site if, for people that looked like me to figure out where my seat was going to be at once I got, where was I going to get my chair? So I start, like I do with everyone, looking at the About Us page. And I say, I don't see nobody that looks like me, but I also don't see an empty seat. So don't have a seat here. Then looked at all the other places. I was like, I wonder if they can pay me. Went to the jobs. They didn't post their salary. So I'm like, oops. There's no place for me here. Then I started looking at the pictures of the, I said, well, how come in this picture, there's all white people with kazoos and this other picture, there's a black woman like eating a piece of pizza. Like that wasn't cute. How come the white people are the only ones having fun? Where do I sit? And then I just got fired up and I just had to tell the world. Pissed. Yeah. Oh. I was like, they wasted money on that. That was a promoted LinkedIn post promoted to me. So, <laughs> there you go. How do we fix it? Fix, fix it. it. Uh, fix it right now. Oh my God. I mean, well, one, can I have the email address so I can send the invoice to the <laughs> absolutely? <laughs> can we start from right? You yeah. know, it is it's very disheartening, right? And I think so. There's so many layers to this. So one, um, one thing I talk about, I have a framework and we can get into that later, but companies really have to think about content alignment. Um, so one thing that's been going around lately for the past couple of years is, you know, black people are not a monolith, right? And that goes across every race and culture. But the thing is you can't just insert black person into content and be done right? There's a disconnect. There's no content alignment. So it's going back to what Jackie said, like, I don't see me 
I'm probably not going to be eating pizza at work, right? <laughs> and it's not just that. There's things. Tell, tell the truth, Michelle. And I see this all the time. And I usually save this for Katie. Katie's my special friend. And you can look at it and say, you know, there was no black people on this project. How come every time there was a picture of a black person, there was a picture of the white person? Why are you still centering whiteness at this company and saying, right? Did you try to include other people? No, you're not. Look at these. So, so one thing I say is white people can't police white people, right? So, in this case, when it comes to the marketing, I'm so, you're right though. <laughs> How are you just gonna go on? Can we just talk about, let's break that down, Michelle. You're going too fast. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it goes back to Katie and I kind of talked about this. You know, the most important thing about DEI work is your experience, um, your perspective, right? And when it comes to, um, obviously, the historical context of America is founded on white men and there's hierarchy and, and you know, the Constitution and all of these things have been created by white men and that's why they dominate so many of these industries that's built on this capitalistic system <laughs> yeah right so as simple as that linkedin post is it kind of goes back to everything i said right it goes back to the industry it goes back to the company history and we haven't even shared that but I'm sure white men are the foundation of that company, right? And I'm sure white men are the foundation of the industry. So there's just certain things that are ingrained. So white people can't see that. And sometimes, and it's the same thing for every race and culture. Um, it's even as a business owner, um, one thing I've had to learn, is like, you're the bottleneck of your company. You can't read inside the label. You know, you can't read the message from inside the label or something like that. And then you're just too close to the problem. You know, so that's what I mean when I say white people can't police white people. And, you know, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of marketing companies. I'm the subcontractor to the agency and the creative director is like, how do you know that? And it's just my education plus experience. I mean, that's all. I find that. it funny though. I think <clears throat> we were at Work Human this past year and the, this is what the person was, the tr what I interpreted what their meaning was to say that you don't recognize if you're not a part of a group, you don't realize how a lot of people will perceive that group in the other way. What he, what the quote was, black people know white people better than white people know white people. Didn't really come off really great. But what he was trying to say is you don't understand that. Like I'm studying you. I have a history of studying what you're doing. These things that you did, I see through a different way. This is what I expect. When you talk to another person, they'll say, oh, really? Like I always say, I, always look, I go to networking events. I look for people first who look like me in any way. That might be a woman. That might be a parent. That might be an older person. That might be a black woman. You know, I look for the person that's closest in proximity to me. And then I had another uh, uh, friend who was Hispanic, she said the same thing. And the white girl that was with us, and it's the same group with like thousands of people, she goes, you do? We were like, you don't? She was like, no. And we we're like, oh, yeah, we do that. Yeah. We do that. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes back to assimilation, right? Because I think sometimes we have to, at least for me, you know, sometimes I have to assimilate before I can co-switch, right? So I'm going to find the mm -hmm. person in proximity so I can warm up and I was like, okay, I feel my groove and now I can venture now I'm ready. into uh -huh. talking to strangers, right? This is not even by race anymore, it's just strangers. <laughs> so, right. so right. I think, you know, there has to be a level of comfort in any anytime you step into a new room, you know, or a new job. And, you know, even before I, you know, I'm still young, I'm only 39, but before I got into this DEI work, I mean, I remember in my 20s going to a company's career page and wondering, you know, will I be a culture fit, you know, before I had the language. Um, and I remember when I went natural and I had a fro and my mom was like, what are you doing? And I was just, I'm doing it, right? <laughs> you know, and just, you know, having to be very mindful and cautious about, you know, my hair and, 
just really my hair, right? Because I think I'm professional, you know, I think I look okay. (laughs) (laughs) But there's still those nuances. And, and, you know, look, we can talk about race and diversity and use those things interchangeably. But I do want to have the caveat where at the same time, especially being a woman, there's just certain things we have to grow into, right? Um, as a person, we have to grow into our confidence. I do that. I do think that comes with age, maturity, experience. So I don't want to dismiss those things as well. I, I fully, I get that with you. And I feel like it's interesting in the marketing standpoint, because what people do is show us how they see me, not how I see me. Like they think they're attracting me, but what I see is how you see me. That's why it was interesting. Like the girl, we have the girl with the pizza or you have the people with the kazoos. Like why that's like to you, that was probably when we talk about unconscious bias, real unconscious bias is really unconscious. Somebody didn't even see that at all. Didn't notice anything at all. And it's interesting and like you said there's lots of different things especially when you see people with like <clears throat> with the with rainbows during june and you see people trying to take on these things or create all of these novelty items there's different without having without having a conversation or without seeing like when we saw juneteenth ice cream right <laughs> they didn't ask no black people from texas how they felt about this you know they didn't. That's a prime example of they didn't. They said, "Oh, that'd be cute." Add a little saxophone, a little dashiki. The black people will love it, right? It's like you can tell, and that's what people think they're fooling people. They're not fooling people. You know. So we're going to talk about nuance after nuance after nuance today. Okay. Um, I actually think. <laughs> I think people know what they're doing. I think we're at a place where um, long as you're trending, that's Mm. good, right? So trending leads to social and it leads to all types of digital stats, right? Let's just say that web traffic, whatever. So I, I don't think people are dumb as they, you know, think they are. We can go back to um, February, January, February with Bath and Body Works. And their Black History, you know, they released that like around January 28th, you know, a couple of days going into February, because they were very proud of that campaign. And, you know, obviously it missed the mark, but it seems like they did hire some Black designers, right? So it's just, I think, I do think there's nuances in the sense that people people so this is the problem right so i think strategy is up top and the room is probably all white right and what happens is the message gets trickled down whether it's an employee or a contractor and they're like hey we want you to design this and this black artist has no idea or they have very little information and they have no idea what the end result is until they see their work and there's a disconnect. Whereas if this is what, if this is the idea you have, you need to bring this black artist, consultant, whomever into the strategy session from the beginning. Yes. (laughs) And I think that that's another, whatever number we are, I'm gonna start making up real numbers uh, when it comes to the disconnect uh, with DEI as well as inclusive marketing. I, I think that is such a critical point because I think that's one of the pieces. I think that's it's the translation down to whoever is actually doing the work. That's where there's a huge miss is that, I mean, and you see this in any type of communication that comes from the top. It's how does it then get translated through 20 different people to that individual contributor that's like, oh, I'm building the widget. But without having the full picture, they're going to build this widget and it might have, it might not in any way, shape or form be what was intended at the end of the day. And then you have, yeah, Juneteenth ice cream come out and everyone's like, wait, what is going on? No, it, the, the piece that I would love to talk about a little bit is also just the, you know, to Jackie's story earlier. So let's say you are building a career page or, or starting to work on your marketing strategy and you don't have 
diversity in the ranks currently, or you don't have people from underrepresented groups in the ranks currently, how do you represent that? So you're not telling a lie or misrepresenting what's going on, but also being inclusive and inviting people to join the organization or join whatever the marketing campaign is, whatever that might look like. How do you do that the right way? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is the transparency, right? So do you have a DEI statement on your website? Um, are you communicating that on the About Us leadership career page? You know, are you communicating that? Um, more importantly, are you gonna communicate that in the interview? And I've um, consulted with a small company and they were like, we want to build a marketing team, right? So we want to hire a marketing manager. And I'm like, okay, one thing you have to mention is, especially in the interview process, you want to build this team around them, right? You don't want this person to walk in and be surprised. And it's like, well, where's my marketing director? Where's my marketing assistant? No, tell them you're the first person. <laughs> you're the first person on the team. Tell them what has been the experience, what's leading to this change, you know, whether it's George Floyd or whatever. Um, you know, we've been doing the work, we've hired a consultant, we've been doing trainings, we're becoming more conscious in our hiring efforts. And this is where we are. These are the plans we have, short term and long term you know, hopefully if they, you know, do well in the interview, would you like to come on board, right? So, you know, Jackie mentioned it early, you go to that about, about us careers page, you're looking for these things, right? You're reading the job description. Now we're utilizing social media. Um, you know, do you have employee videos on the YouTube page? You know, it's like how there's, I have to get a sense of the company culture even beyond the lack of diversity. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Right. And I think, look, I've, I've been in a lot of rooms where I've been the only black person. So I, I feel like I know how to navigate that really well, but I still want to have that level of transparency, which will allow me to make an honest decision with the information I have. I think that's important too. And I think it is, I think we need to get better at telling the story and not just about like, not just the founder's story. A lot of organizations, I look at a lot of career pages and company pages because of the work that I do. And you'll see the founder's story and then it's like, and then here we are today. And so it's hard to see, to your point earlier about that company, you know, you know, you see these two white guys arm and arm, and it's like the founders of the company. And then, you know, and I can't see the rest of the journey. And we just have to share part of the journey because I might, I will be more understanding of your brand and understanding if it, and I need to be able to get all the facts to your point with the marketing person to determine if this is going to be a safe place. I need to feel like you're being genuine and true and not you're not using me to put, you know, roll up the flagpole. Yeah, that's a really good point. I do think Gen Z is doing a good job of that. So if you're having the millennials or Gen Z that are creating or, you know, especially these tech companies, I think they're doing a good job on their founder story, documenting the journey, providing timeline, <clears throat> all kinds of diversity statements. Um, I will say one company I'm very impressed with is REI, right? I'm a city girl, just now getting into the nature stuff, right? <laughs> like I've never stepped foot in this building, you know, whatever. But let me tell you something. This company has made some great improvements in the past two and a half years, okay? Yes. 
and I will give credit where credit is due. Um, they've made the changes and they've been very transparent with the changes. A lot of these companies have made this, you know, diversity statements in May or June 2020. But this company, if you go to their communications page or whatever, updates, quarterly updates on their progress when it comes to diversity, you know, and you know, people are not trained to do that. They're not trained to look for that. Mm -hmm. But if you have a bad experience at a company, you know, you're going to have better questions the next time you go into a job interview, right? So I just think people have to be mindful, um, mindful of those things. And, you know, there's companies that are making great progress, you know, try to, you know, what are your competitors doing? It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, you know, hire a consultant, um, interview the consultants to figure out who will be a good fit for, you know, what you're trying to do. But at the end of the day, it goes back to transparency. So how transparent <laughs> do you want to be during this journey? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think he just that, gave us more work. Right. We got to write that. We got to we've been doing lots of stuff. We we have been writing that stuff down, Katie. We're not telling all the people you don't even know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But it's so true because I think, you know, so this is something that, you know, we're, we're actually working on a, a revamp of our website. And one of the things we talked about is like, I don't need to see the advisors pictures, but I would love to see the team members. Like I would love to have the team members on there to talk about who they are, what they're doing or what's going on. Cause I think that's also much more impactful. And we know folks are going out on Glassdoor or wherever, you know, and they are sharing how they feel about companies. So the more you can get those real authentic stories, and but it's also it, it's that piece but it's also treat people well and they will take talk you know talk in the right way or the way that you would hope that they would talk about your company because i think that's the piece also that it cannot be a fake storyline because i've seen that's that right. well where you have oh joe is in our you know manufacturing team and he loves it here because he likes to play with kazoos and eat pizza or whatever <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what? right yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. But I think I think companies are so concerned about controlling the narrative, whereas they underestimate the value of curated social media. And what do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. I actually have a presentation tomorrow. So all of this is really, really fresh. Um, so for example, one of the examples I'm gonna share is a Twitter employee, she tweets. Um, so glad to come back to work after my 20 weeks of maternity leave, right? If I'm a woman that wants 20 weeks maternity leave, like, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I'm going to look into Twitter, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's a promotion that a company can't put a price on, right? Because mm -hmm. there's, don't get me wrong. You have to create content and control some kind of narrative. But what this lady tweeted is priceless in itself. And mm -hmm. she tweeted that because she's a happy employee. Yes. And she's going to, she's, you know, whatever her followers are. Once again, if I'm a woman that's considering and having a child and my current company is only giving me six weeks, I'm looking for companies, you mm -hmm. know, the different perks. Right. So what was good for me at the age of 25 may not be good for me at the age of 32. Now that I'm married with kid, like I want different benefits. And if you're telling me you're getting 20 weeks maternity to leave, how can I start working at Twitter within a year? <laughs> right. Right. You are so right. I, I have a program manager. This was interesting to me today. So I was talking to my program manager. He's a diversity program manager at the company. And he asked me, um, do you know when Textio got bravely? And I said, no. And it was like, it was after the underrepresented people started complaining because they didn't feel like they were getting enough leadership coaching and they didn't, we didn't have enough in-house. And so they just gave everyone free bravely. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I just thought we got free bravely. But I never even thought about it. Right. And people don't, the stories are there to share. It's weird. I say weird is not the word. It's interesting being at a company that does want to share those things. And there's so many things to share um, and, and not recognizing you take things for granted. 
Somebody mm -hmm. said, oh, if I want to work at a company where a VP dances at their seat, I was like, you should raise the bar and do a little bit more, do a little bit more research than that, because not everybody's dancing. Not, not every, that is not every department, to be clear. That's true, too. I mean, I think you like to dance in your seat, Jackie. So I don't know if that's yeah. like for you, if that would be a qualifier that you need that on the, the checkbox of how, how will I be attracted? <laughs> My brother. But I mean, yeah. Some Jennifer. people, but you're right yeah. of putting those things out there. Yeah. Of being transparent. Well, and I also think it's the meaningful pieces too, because, you know, like to your point on the Twitter example, 20 weeks of maternity leave that's impactful like that's yes that's not that's not a oh hey we have a diversity statement or hey we have ergs like that's something that impacts your life outside of work so that is huge and i think that's the piece too is to your point on the benefits and like looking at who is your population but also who are you trying to attract mm -hmm. do you have the benefits to attract do you have the stories to attract who you're trying mm -hmm. to attract because i think that's one of the pieces too is if you know those YouTube videos of employees, if it's all white males, that's that's telling people a lot of things about your company. It is. So it is, you know, what are the rest of the stories? What are the stories that you're not hearing or that you're missing out on? And I think that's the piece too, because everyone wants to have, okay, we need to have the this or we need to have that, or oh hey, Michelle said do this, but then it's like, okay, go a little bit deeper. What else does that mean or what else could be impactful to folks? and not just to one group, but to different groups as well. So, right. so right. And, and maintaining that integrity throughout the year, right? Not just in February, Black History Month or, you know, July Disability Month and September Hispanic Heritage Month, but, you know, highlighting, you know, these employees, employee, so I like to say customer-centric and employee-centric stories. Yes. So obviously right now we're talking about employees, but carrying that throughout the year and yeah, maybe you'll amplify it more on a specific week, you know, Pride or whatever, uh, Pride Month or whatever, but, you know, let's maintain some integrity and not just like, oh, check the box for June, July, September. I, I was so, or I interviewed a woman last week and what was interesting was you know i was part of the interview process but as we got to the end she loved everything that she saw but wasn't even what was interesting is that it is building that culture within where everyone was sharing those personal stories that by the time we got to the end and i was telling her what i'm so sorry i am I so saying, sorry i am so i don't know what's control. happening i don't know where my executive producer is I don't know. Happy that, that Penny is. is under the bed right um, now sleep and not joining in. The <laughs> my executive producer is opening the door. He's going to be so mad. There's no one there. I sit by the front door. So anyway, so as we were talking, she said to me, so what did, what did y'all do for Pride? And I was like, oh, we watched Stonewall. We watched a movie about trans athletes. We bought cases. We got candles. We did this. We did this. We did this. We did this. And she said, Nobody told me anything about that. I was like, oh, they did it? And she goes, no, what y'all do for, you know, the month before? I said, oh, it was Asian American. Let me tell you, we did this, we did this. And, and she was like, and I was the last interview. These are the last five minutes. And I was like, well, dang, we should have started with that. Nobody started with that. Nobody did it. But it was like we were telling the true stories of what was going on and letting people know what's actually happening. And it takes growth of these little things. And it's really impactful. It was impactful for me. We're about to do the racial equity handbook. Katie's going to lead the course at my company. And I was excited when my boss said yes. I was excited when we sent it out and we had it on the calendar. But what made me cry was when a, a person, an executive told me that their kid was reading it. And you realize that it's one thing to do this work. We understand what we're doing, but you realize you're changing the world. We're building that opportunity and you know representation matters but then if you do it bad it has the exact opposite effect if you're not getting this marketing yep together yeah absolutely is it okay if i share my framework real quick absolutely yes so I, we have to charge listeners that you're sharing this framework is that yes. yeah <laughs> 
Let's do we have put this behind yeah. a sign in? Do we need to directly to Michelle at no I'm just <laughs> I, I give I give gen generously and freely. Awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, I call it the five point framework to inclusive marketing. And we, cause we're touching on so much of this. Uh, so one is content and communications. So your content, in this case, your content is specifically to your consumers. So it's about thought leadership, informing, educating people about your product and services. Your communication is really internal communications right mm -hmm. so it's the diversity statements it's the announcements it's allowing employees to understand the company culture understand where do you where do you where does the company stand when it's roe versus raid you know um are you like dick sporting good and you're going to give away four or five thousand dollars for uh medical expenses so that's what communications is about um second we have candidates um how are you marketing the candidates how are you recruiting talent where are you finding talent third we have company culture right let's pull our employees to recruit talent um create the content for you know marketing campaigns that are more hr centric versus consumer sales centric um and it's also employee engagement, right? Company culture, employee engagement. Um, I feel like companies, I know we're in a crazy time right now because of the pandemic, but companies that have high employee engagement have lower turnover rates, right? Um, and then four, we have the consumers, B2B, B2C. Once again, going back to content, marketing, all that type of stuff. And then five is community awareness. And a lot of small businesses, they struggle when it comes to diversity work because they feel like they're too small. Um, they can't do a photo shoot. You know, they're using stock photos, you know, which is fine. But I'm like, okay, but how can you get involved with your community? You know, are you volunteering? Can you do a $500 scholarship? You know, like what are these certain, certain elements that you can still engage in your company can represent the community and still be diverse and inclusive with the work. Awesome. I think, I mean, those are all, you know, we talk about changing process and policy and like the, the actual structures that we know have been built from a very Eurocentric white male dominated world. And this is how we start to change those things is by changing the narrative, by changing how we approach this work, how we think about this work. And so, I mean, I, I love the framework. I especially love that community awareness because I'm in that, I, I live in that world right now where I'm. we are a small business and I am trying to think about like, how do I promote volunteerism and some of these other things within my organization and help folks understand that this is important to us. And you know, one of, uh, we are a climate tech company. And so it is, you know, the, Okay, do we plant trees? Do we go, what are the things that we can do that would be helpful? And those are also the stories that will engage people that are feeling that same way because we have a huge group of individuals that like, they want to work at a company that cares about the environment, that cares about sustainability. And, and that's huge to be able to tell those stories. So I, I love that. Yeah, and I mean, it's so much in, look, Sometimes I hate being a marketer. And even today, I was like, I just need to log off of Twitter. It's just too many changes at one time, <laughs> right? And I still might, I don't know. But- Talk about it, Michelle, tell them. Tell I mean, we still say everything is content, right? Yes. Um, and technically it is. But if your company decides to volunteer, you know, four hours on a Saturday or whatever, or they make a donation to a nonprofit that fits um, your company's mission and values, you know, that's photos, that's a press release, you know, there's still content there, um, which kind of goes into the inclusive marketing piece. And, you know, I really just try to share this stuff so people can expand their horizons mm -hmm. on how to, you know, navigate. Like, you don't, everyone can't be a Chase or a Nike, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they're doing these huge multi-million dollar campaigns for one week of or two days to trend you know but we can still do our part in a small way absolutely you are right i laughed last week someone said you know who's bad at picking weeds me you know how i know because it was volunteer day and half the volunteers <laughs> went to go pick weeds and i said actually it's me because i'm not going out there i am not not even going yeah i'm not going i am the worst but i i love that people don't recognize it because it's not it's 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 marketing like you said at the very beginning your transparency it's marketing what we're doing and allow that and not having the person the staged person like go put on some headphones and let me take a picture um and and um that's what I thought was so funny. The example that we started with this morning, I said, how do you have 1,400 people? That's the picture you chose was the yeah. one with the pizza. One, yeah. that's what you, you like. You didn't have any of, you couldn't say, pull out your iPhone, take a picture at your desk, nothing. No, and people, you know, as a white person, I'm offended by the kazoos. Let me be clear. That like, what, you, that's, y'all, that's the listen, whitest of the white thing I'm ever, sorry. Right? Like, I what will? is that? Listen, I'll tell you this. I'm going to show you on a little secret. By the <laughs> Companies pay me to go through stock photos. And mm -hmm. all I do is go through stock photos. And I'm like, this photo belongs on this page. Yep. And, you know, depending on the industry, I may or may or may, or may not evaluate the actual content, the words. Yeah. But yeah, I, I go through. How many kazoos, Michelle? How many kazoos <laughs> you see this yeah. week? How many kazoos? Yeah. Not one. Not we one kazoo. We need to know immediately. I love like companies like that. Oh, look, we're fun. Kazoo. Like what? We got to do work too. But you I, have to show, you know. I also think there's such a uh, miss on, on this where, you know, what's fun for me is to do really impactful work. That's right. And to actually make a difference in the world and to work with people that feel the same way. Like, that's fun that's what i find really really fun and to work with smart people that are like coming up with new ideas that's fun um i don't know anyhow i think a lot of people are going in that direction though now where it's like you found out because after we figured out what was changing internally at organizations that were holding us hostage mm -hmm. right free breakfast lunch and dinner oh we have a movie room we have a masseuse that comes in we have a gym you can have showers oh you're too tired like there's other so that they, they provided all your needs mm -hmm. right and then people are like hmm i get it what they're doing to me people yeah. do want to see they're like I, you can keep your lunch so i can spend time with the people who really care about me yeah right and so we're seeing that where it's like no, we shouldn't go to happy hour. Let's do something. Let's do right. something. Right. So that you can sit up proud of the place where you work as well. Well, I think we all either read the circle or watched the movie The Circle, where like the whole concept of and we won't name names, but a certain company that we use as a search tool daily. Um, GTS baby. Um <laughs> that is something that it was like, I'm going to provide every single thing. So you never have to leave this campus ever, ever. And, and it, and it wasn't a made up story. Like that's really what it is like in these, in some of these campuses. And it is just bananas. Cause you're like, no, I would like to go home now, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I work for 75 hours today. Can I go take a nap at my home? Oh, thank you. you don't want a Prosecco? We got a charcuterie. Yeah. We're yeah ready for happy hour. Yeah, Anyways. All right. We are way off topic, but okay. Um, so Michelle would love to hear from you. What is one thing that you want to make sure that, and I'm going to give you a couple different audiences because I, mm -hmm. I, it might be the same message, but I, I want you to, to share. If you are an HR professional, whether that's recruiter, business partner, generalist, whatever role you're in in HR, what is one thing that they should know from you today to go start implementing tomorrow? Same question for business leader and same question for marketing professional. Please. Okay, yes, <laughs> thank you for this question. So if I think the reason why I, started talking about inclusive marketing because i think it's time for marketing and hr to talk right and 
I'm, I'm only giving more work to marketers, but we'll get to that later, right? Okay. So it's time for HR and marketing to talk. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Um, the HR department also needs to think like marketers. Mm-hmm. The way the company is positioned is going to attract talent. The way the leaders in the company are positioned, you know, thought leadership, personal brand is going to attract talent. So I strongly encourage HR professionals to think about creating a marketing campaign to attract talent. What does that look like? You know, what are the stories? Who are the people that can give us these best stories? And, you know, race, culture, sexuality, um, you know, mid-level career coming into this company. Uh, Maybe you had someone that did, an internship and you hired him full time as a new grad, like all of these stories are so important because in life, all we do is transition. Mm -hmm. Right. So I want HR leaders to think about, man, I need a marketing campaign. The HR department needs a marketing campaign. Right. And then, you know, create the budget, go bother marketing. We do how to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's really important, right? Because the career page is not enough. Indeed, and LinkedIn and you know, some of these organizations is great, but there's job listings every day. But now that I get to your website, now what? Or you know, what's gonna come through my LinkedIn feed? You know, what ad is <laughs> gonna come through my LinkedIn feed? Yeah, Jackie's <laughs> watching, people. Jackie is watching. <laughs> I'm gonna call you out. so so any questions on the hr part nope uh, this perfect all right so business leaders um business leaders get involved with the community right um especially now i can't even say post-covid i don't know what we're in but (laughs) get involved in the community you know do community calls you know this can be industry-wide um, you know, this can be quote unquote community service, going out to networking events, speak on panels, um, because some of the best or high paying jobs are not on indeed, right? Mm-hmm. It's some company that you come across randomly because you met someone or you got a card and you're like, oh, let me see what they have. And it's like, oh, they're paying just as much as XYZ. I'm going to go work there because it's smaller, right? But this business leader has to be visible and make connections to people. Um, also with the business leader, and this is kind of kind of steep into the marketing. Yes, we all need money. We all need revenue. But let's take it a step further, right? So you're your personality you're, you as a person you're attracting more than just new clients right you're mm-hmm. attracting talent you're keeping employees engaged um i had worked at chase for three years while i was in college and i just not so naive just thought i was gonna become some wealthy investment banker and eventually i was gonna meet jamie diamond right but i didn't like none of my managers i, there, I was <laughs> No way. I'm not one. (laughs) (laughs) That road to Jamie Diamond was long. (laughs) Plus, I'm in Houston and I'm not in New York or Ohio. But I mean, that's the power of the business leader, right? Management and above, right? Do people like you? How are you keeping them engaged? How are they learning from you? They're probably learning more by watching you versus you thinking you have to have that one-on-one, you know? 
and let's get back to the town hall meetings via Zoom or whatever, but let's really um, enhance employee engagement and just overall company morale. Um, and then for marketing, okay. <laughs> okay, marketing is tough. Marketing is going in a lot of directions. And I realized about 10 years ago that the role of sales and marketing was getting very blurred, but I mm -hmm. couldn't have predicted where it's at now, right? It's just ridiculous. But, and I guess this kind of goes back to the business leaders. Find the money to grow your marketing team, mm. right? And have dedicated, and I don't know what that looks like, but I kind of mentioned how HR needs their own marketing campaign, right? So what does that HR marketing team, recruitment marketing team look like, right? Um, what does the product marketing team look like? What does the digital marketing team look like? Because um, you, this team of three to five marketers can't do everything, right? And everything's not about the website. It's just not. <laughs> and everything's not about social media, right? So really find- So don't bring it up when I have the conversation. Tell them when I have that HR marketing conversation, tell them to work harder. Hold on, let me scratch it off my list. Okay. <laughs> Mar like marketing is bananas so right now. Mm -hmm. The thing is, because you have to promote to so many people, so many channels. So find a way to grow the marketing department and you know, create many teams that can focus on one area you know, for the entire organization. I like that. I wish I could have met um, intern Michelle that. <laughs> Yeah. Intern Chase, intern yeah. Michelle. We're gonna have to talk about that after I get offline. After we end this, <laughs> yes. myself. So uh, we'll discuss that after we stop recording. But um, okay, so Jackie, I'm not gonna make you go through all three. But what's one thing? Um, so we don't have to go through all three groups. So what's one thing that you want people who are listening to know or to remember from this episode? Well, it goes back. I think Michelle just like solidified what we were saying, like diversity itself is not a marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. Like tell the stories, find the stories because there's lots of stories. And if HR and marketing aren't talking to the rest of the whole organization, they'll never get told. And there are lots of stories. And unfortunately too often you find out about the story when people are leaving and they'll tell us that they tried to meet Mr. Diamond. That's when you find out, oh, we didn't know you had that goal. We would have helped you on it, right? Yeah. Don't Jamie, wait. Jamie's right at next door. We can go pop by and meet him. Go, we'll just go pop, pop in. Yeah. Just pop in. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I, I think that that's what I would I would say. After you become best friends with marketing, make sure that you're talking to the people about what you're looking to do and share real stories. You know, that's what I'd uh, say. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go with your number one tool or your, your number one on your list. ABH steals. No, 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 not you. I'm Michelle's number one. I want folks to remember this one, the, the content and communications. So <laughs> listen, you settle down over there. Um, so, it, you know, I think this is something that people forget is, you know, you're talking about marketing, not have enough people in marketing. And I think there is a miss between the communication and I swear to you by all that I know, almost every single organization that I've worked with and supported or partnered with as a consultant and as an HR person in-house on their engagement survey, communication pops without fail every single time. And so remembering the fact that yes, you can build a beautiful marketing campaign externally, but if you don't tell pe people internally what's going on, the strategy, where we're going, what we're doing, how we're getting there, that communication piece is so critical and that ties into what Jackie just mentioned on the storytelling that if I don't even know what my widget does that and how that ties to the strategy of the organization, how am I going to go tell a story about how great it is to work here? And so I think people just there is a disconnect there and a miss that, oh, well, we posted it on our website. So the team knows or, hey, we talked about it in our earnings call. So everybody just knows. And you're like, you know, 
my my friend sitting on the phone, you know, answering calls about what's going on at this site, isn't doesn't know what's going on on an earnings call or, That's or right. worried about or anything like that. And so that communication, like it has to be constant. It has to be through all different channels. It has to be just continuous stream of here's what we're doing. Here's what's going on. And and I think that's also how people feel included. You're talking about inclusive marketing. That's that's a ton of it right there. It's just, are you including people in what's going on? So, yeah, yeah. All right, Michelle, last word from you. Anything else we should we should be taking away on this one? You just gave us like tons of nuggets. I have notes. <laughs> I have notes from this episode. I, yes. Um. Well, you know everyone's in a different place when it comes to their DEI journey. And I know the phrase inclusive marketing, diversity marketing, it's new, it's making some traction. Mm -hmm. um, and what I say is I look at DNI from a marketing perspective, you know, so especially if you're a marketer, if you're at HR, let's just kind of expand, you know, what diversity looks like and how you can grow your team, grow your organization and the last thing is, um, and I think Katie, you kind of, you are leaning towards it, but I want to get it in here. Um, lots of times we think about innovation as technology, when innovation is really about newness, mm -hmm. right? And newness, new people, new ideas, new experiences, but you have to attract and engage your employees. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I want to leave this episode with. Awesome. Thank you uh truly for taking the time i think this will be super beneficial for anyone that is listening um we really i enjoyed it that's all i yeah. care about today yeah, I, I love y'all y'all bring me back anytime. <laughs> i'm like I, I don't even care that i recorded it or not because i just no, like the conversation I ended the day I good did. it started a little rough it, yeah <laughs> now i'm feeling good i'm yeah. feeling good uh so uh thank you all for listening this is katie van horn and this is jackie clayton Oh, bye. bye. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.